Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio, where we help you add a gym to your clinic, add the luxury of recurring revenue, and help you live the life that you dreamt of back when you got your license. I am Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am lucky enough today to share the next little bit of time with Ryan Chapman. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. Now, I'm sure a lot of people from the chiropractic and physical therapy world are going, who the heck is Ryan Chapman? And I've never heard of this guy. And you're right. It's like the A-team. You remember that show where they're like, if you can find them, they can definitely help you. But, you know, you have to find them first. And it was always like a challenge to figure out where they were. I think you're like that, Ryan. You're like uh, holed up in a little office in Arizona in your secret lair and, and doing all your marketing genius from there. Yeah, it probably could do a little bit better getting the word out, but yeah. We're well, that's good, that's so. what makes you, uh, you're like the guru that's at the top of the mountain you have to hike to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan is a marketing expert in many ways. Um, he also has a, a very successful software uh, business built out of his marketing experience. And the reason I wanted to have you on today, Ryan, was a lot of these clinic owners, you know, they, they really built their businesses off of kind of word of mouth and referral, like a lot of service providers, but now they're going to add another layer of complexity of the gym. And so do you think you could help us maybe figure out some good marketing tactics and strategy for that additional business that's going to come on? Oh, absolutely. There's always, there are always solutions. That's the good news for any business. There are always solutions if the fundamentals are right. And what you're talking about here at the beginning with the recurring revenue layer that is one of the critical components to having a successful business is getting that way that you can be a winner each month, even before you started working. Right. And, you know, winning and, and success, oftentimes people think of it's just a dollar amount, but really, as you discovered, there's a big difference to say having $30,000 of recurring revenue versus $40,000 of kind of eat what you kill. Right. Right. It's, yeah. a, it's a big difference. And that's why the, the concept that you're talking about of having a gym added on to a chiropractic practice is very exciting because it adds that um, layer of recurring revenue, which isn't something normally you can achieve in a chiropractic practice on its own. Right. So if you have time now, I must give a warning, by the way, to all our listeners. Uh, Ryan is the only person I've ever met in my life that matched the dryness of my humor with even drier humor. So. <laughs> We should probably give that little uh, warning out to the audience because at some points it may get pretty dry in here, but that's one of the things that attracted me to Ryan was he had exactly the same sense of humor as me, so I perceived him as a genius. Uh, it is an underlying characteristic. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, can you kind of take us through your, your experience of when you added a recurring revenue kind of piece to your business and, and what initially started that idea? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it was an accident. It was it was kind of a pleasant accident, but it was an accident nonetheless. Um, my brother and I, was, this is right after I got my initial, you know, kind of taste of the marketing education that I was going to need. Because I'd noticed in my own businesses that I had great ideas. I worked hard, 
but frequently I couldn't get enough customers to keep the business afloat. And so I had a number of failures and they're pretty painful because I didn't feel like I was employable anywhere. <laughs> and maybe you guys have found yourself in that position before, but um, I didn't feel like I had any other options. So I had to learn how to make entrepreneurship or owning a business work. And so, you know, I started to get a marketing education because I realized that was my deficit. And as I did that, um, you know, I came across a few of these different concepts. Well, my brother and I had met the day before we started this new business. It was being started because we had a presentation we're going to be giving the next day. And, uh, or it was actually that same evening. So he's like, okay, so what are we going to do to deliver, you know, what we're promising in this presentation? And, you know, he had suggested maybe we could give him a DVD with this calculator that was an important part of the whole process that we were going to propose. And I was like, no, let's put that into, uh, software and make it a recurring revenue situation. And that was just like a side thought. It, I didn't realize how big of a deal that was going to be at the time, but we did it, right? And so we were selling this product that was a, an upfront cost. And then there was this little membership. The upfront cost was like $1,000 is what ended up being it ultimately. But the, the membership part was only like $39, $49 a month. And at the time, it didn't seem like much, but it seemed like it would be a good idea because we're going to you know, want to keep working with these individuals as they get to understand the program that we were working them through. And um, what I didn't realize is that when we stopped selling that product up front, we had built up enough recurring revenue that we were able to bring in $4 million <laughs> over a few years as that recurring revenue stream kind of gradually dwindled because that was kind of the nature of that business. But it got me convinced that recurring revenue is the thing that I want to be building in a business. Now I can build it with an upfront sale or I can you know, build it with a one-time sale, but I definitely want to be building that recurring revenue as I'm building my, you know, eat what you kill type of sales. Because if I don't do that, then I'm always starting um, from ground zero, right? So in a chiropractic practice, for example, you may have appointments booked out, but those appointments aren't money until you actually deliver with your service absolutely yep. on that person. So that's like potential money, but it's not actual money. And so each day that you wake up, if you like, for example, get sick or you injure yourself in a way that you can't actually practice your ability to get paid and earn money for you or your family or your loved ones is now taken away from you. And so that's kind of a precarious situation to be in. And you're always starting out at zero. So each day as you walk into the office, the expenses have already lined up for the day but the income has to be earned throughout the day. Well, when you partner up with, you know, if you get your gym attached to your practice, now you've got a situation where each day you're going to have money that's already been deposited into your account, even if you didn't show up to work. And even though the expenses are there, the income's also there because it's happening each month. And that's a really powerful concept. And that can give you a ton of liberty, not in terms of just money, but also in decision-making. Because oh, what, absolutely. And yeah. you, can, you can interrupt if you, if you feel differently, Josh. Yeah. What I've noticed is one of the, the things that creates the worst decisions in business is desperation, which is usually caused by cash flow challenges, right? Yep. So I've got all these expenses banking up, but I don't have income to match them for one reason or another. And now um, my decision-making process is all screwed up. Yep. And, so and you get the pressure of, right. oh, I have that $1,500 due tomorrow, but in three days, I have $1,200 more due, and what am I going to do? But if you can look to the right in your little spreadsheet and go, well, I got $1,500 due tomorrow, but you know what? 
we got $1,100 worth of memberships coming in the door tomorrow alone. All I have to do then is see three people in the chiropractic clinic and we're covered. Yeah. So that, for that freedom that you have because you have recurring revenue and you're winning from the, the beginning of the day, you've already won, that, that puts you in a different mindset. And that mindset allows you to be very strategic and to start making some decisions that are going to be really important for you to make that are going to be wise decisions that have nothing to do with the gym, right? And that's not a situation you find yourself in if you're just trading time for money. Yeah. One of the, uh, the most extreme examples I've ever seen of this, Ryan, was, you know, we worked, uh, we had a contract to, to run the fitness center at a country club for a while. And I remember hearing, which a country club is all recurring revenue, right? Right. And uh, they were talking about the following season, they were discussing whether or not they're going to rebuild their greens. Now in golf, essentially, if you rebuild your greens, your greens are done for six months. Nobody's playing on them, right? So your customers aren't that happy and it's very expensive and it takes time. This is a, a agricultural product. You have to plant seeds literally in the ground that grow. And I was sitting there and I was thinking the only way that this works is that they have, you know, about $700,000 a month coming in of memberships. Otherwise, they would never think about redoing their greens, right? They would never have the guts to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one thing. The heart of it, huh? Oh, absolutely. Now, one thing, I don't know if you went through this, Ryan, but when we were seeing our, our recurring go up, you know, like you're saying, 50 bucks a month, it, it just doesn't move the needle for a while. But I can remember when all of a sudden I looked at our monthly collections and I said, huh, you know, we're in Las Vegas. So the air conditioning bill is a significant bill during the summer. And I remember looking at our memberships, this is early on, and they were they were $4 more than what it cost us for power that month, you know? But it was nice to know that we just sliced that piece off. And then a little bit later, I remember that, you know, we would pay our employees every two weeks and one of those payments was completely covered by recurring revenue, not our one-on-ones and not what we were doing in the clinic, but just what we were paying our employees, the payroll was covered by the recurring revenue. And then it grows a little more and grows a little more. Did you have an experience like that? Well, yeah. So in the first business that we did, we had that big chunk, right? That $1,000 payment that was coming in. And that kind of looked like that was covering all of the the cash flow concerns. And the um, monthly was not a really consideration until it got up to a point where we had like 800 um, members paying us on an average about 50 bucks a month. But at that point, now that was like, well, that's pretty good money coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and those, those people that were on recurring... Um, they also took other opportunities to spend more money with us, which is a little different from the one-time people. Absolutely. Well, so that was one thing. But then um, I was so in love with this recurring revenue model after it bailed us out of a real tight spot um, that I said, oh, I, w- I want my next business to be almost entirely recurring revenue. And the, but the challenge, like you're saying, is that it, it comes very slowly. Um, there weren't those $1,000 chunks of money coming in Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a little bit at a time, but it, but what I knew that kept me going, even though it was just a little bit at the time, because at the beginning, I didn't have a ton of people, right? I had five people and then 20 people and then 50 people, you know, and I'm, I'm adding more and more people into the recurring revenue model. What I knew and what kept me going through that whole process is understanding when I get this built up to a certain amount, it's going to be able to provide very well for me and my family. And so it's like an investment. You know, you're just taking a few bucks, putting it in, a few bucks, putting it in, and eventually you have this huge nest egg. And so in the same way, as you're building the recurring revenue, you have to be patient with it. You have to understand it, it does take a little bit of time. That's why you've got to start 
um, sooner than later because it, it takes time to build those things up. I mean, certainly if you have a customer base like a chiropractic clinic, then you, you're not starting at the same place as someone who's starting from scratch entirely. Sure. Because you have a group of customers who are potential customers for your recurring revenue. Stream. Right. And they're already in love with you and they trust you, which are all hurdles you had to get over early on in your recurring revenue model, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, the thing is about chiropractic is you have two things and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a doctor, obviously. I don't even play one on TV. But the, the truth is that as a chiropractor, you have one of two choices. One is you keep people coming back, coming back, coming back. In other words, we don't fully resolve the problem or right. we resolve the problem, then we work ourselves out of a job normally. Absolutely. And that is one of the big struggles of the great chiropractors of the world, because if you're, be if you're good, you don't see people 12 times, you see them three times. Well, <laughs> you hope that the amount of referrals and new business catches up to that, but essentially you need four times the amount of customers as the next guy. Whereas with the recurring model, you know, I think everybody on the listening can think, if you just had, I don't know, something cheap, $10 a month, that every one of your patients paid you every month since you've been in practice. So you know, I had close to 4,000 patients. And if you figure I was making a hundred bucks a, uh, a year off them, what is that? 4,000 times a hundred, it's $400,000 in recurring revenue off of just a $10 a month product. That would be pretty exciting. Well, for and, some people, that would be bigger than their whole practice, maybe. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is something that, you know, if, if you integrate your gym and you get the uh, recurring, you're going to be in the hundreds, probably 200 to 250 a month. And sure, you're not going to get every single patient. But if you can get one out of six or one out of 10, just start doing the math. It, it gets pretty exciting. Well, the good part is if you have a good structure in terms of what that gym experience is going to be, you're in a very different position from your average gym because your average gym has a bunch of, you know, excuse the term meatheads just walking around who may or may not know what they're talking about, right? And Well, we can almost guarantee they don't. I mean, <laughs> well, and if we compare that with a doctor of chiropractic who studied the way that joints move, the way the muscles integrate into the spine and the structure of the bones and, you know, yeah. the nerves and all that, it's obvious that a doctor should be able to provide a better guidance. That doesn't mean they have to be the one doing training, right? No, no, no. Yep. But they're the one that, they're the, if they design a program, that program is being designed in a very different light than you know, well, I tried this and it worked for me, so you should do it type of experience that they get at most other gyms. Yeah, I think that's a great point because so many, I get questions all the time of, hey, I have the opportunity to open up in a gym. And I try and help people see that what we're saying is if you have the gym as part of your clinic, there's an umbrella effect of your professional license, of your expertise, of your knowledge, of your celebrity even. If you open up inside a gym, then it's, the people going in there already have established as a gym and you're underneath that level. You yeah, know? It's like being the Costco eye doctor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're under the Costco brand, but you certainly don't have an asset that you're going to be able to transfer somewhere else. Yeah. That's uh, whereas if you are the Costco and then you had the eye doctor in as the gym, so to speak, if we're flipping mm -hmm. that analogy, now you're in a very different position in terms of the asset that you're building. Absolutely. And that's a very critical distinction I hope most people see. So uh, along those lines, Ryan, you being a marketing expert, when we talk yeah. about this kind of casting of that, that higher level umbrella, because um, I, I, I always try and encourage people, 
you know, maximize your license. You went to all this school and you have all this debt and you have all this uh, legal ramifications. Well, if you have all that, then you may as well get your value out of this license, right? Absolutely. Uh, how would you suggest people market it in a way that, that maximizes that license from somebody who has absolutely, you know, You're talking no about knowledge. Yes. You have like no knowledge of the business, right? You have no knowledge of chiropractic or a gym, except for Ryan did win the Mr. Olympia a couple years ago. I can't remember if that was 02 or 03, but 03. Uh, yeah, 03. Uh, it was pretty, pretty epic. But anyways, uh, and you've been to a few chiropractors, but besides that, what suggestions do you have as far as marketing this ancillary product? Well, absolutely. So I'm going to go from a few assumptions. And the first assumption is that you have a practice that has customers in it, like a chiropractic practice. Right. Because if you have that foundation, then it's going to make everything else easier. In fact, it's going to make it easier for you to actually grow the practice as well as the gym at the same time. You're saying it's not one or the other. Actually, both at the same time will be, uh, what's that called? Synergistic. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're creating a different situation and the narrative that you can now give to the market is very different from your average chiropractor. So your average chiropractor is stuck in that hard spot we mentioned before where either I do really well and work myself out of a job or I milk the patient and maybe not necessarily do what's best for them. And hope that they never take action on their assumption that you're trying to milk them. Right. And leave. And help, yeah. help they just keep on coming back in, you know, and that, that's a difficult position to be. I know some people can get there, but we, we don't want to have you in that position. Well, the good news is, is if you can take your position that you have as the doctor and be able to adjust the practice so that it is saying, hey, our goal is to help you actually become healthy long term. And part of that, you know, it's going to be up to you to decide which approach you want to take. And you can actually use the two different approaches. So the first approach is we want to get you to have fewer visits by getting you proper training of your muscles. So your muscles can become strong again and start supporting your frame properly. And we can get rid of some chronic pain that you've been going through. The other option is you can come in and I will continue to adjust you. And there's nothing wrong with that option. It's just a different option. So I'm doing this positioning thing where now I'm putting you in a position as a doctor where you're winning both ways. Because we all know that patients don't always comply, right? You've all handed that patient like the piece of paper that says, here's the stretches to do. <laughs> and we know that that piece of paper goes right into the trash or it ends up on the floor in their car or something, but never does it end up with them actually doing. Yeah, you should ask your patients, at least make a paper airplane out of it to give it kind of a send off. You know, let's have an event here where you don't follow my advice. So the, the first thing is you've got to get clear on what is it the position you're going to be offering because a lot of your sales on the gym actually can be done when the person comes in to receive treatment. And so you need to have, you know, some sort of pitch and add down. So this is to say, instead of me trying to go out and find new people that would want to join my gym, I'm going to take people that are already coming to me for care and I'm going to give them the option to be able to utilize the gym versus just paying me to make adjustments. And of course, we're going to have a treatment plan that includes both of those, right? So mm -hmm. here's your treatment plan that will include um, the treatments plus coming into the gym and getting guided instruction from our instructors. Um, here's the other option, which is just treatment. And then depending on how you want them to behave, we can, we can tweak this to help them to see the value of one over the other. 
And so if in my case, because I'm a big fan of recurring revenue, and plus I believe that's probably better for the patient in the long term anyways. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stack the deck, so to speak. I mean, we're gonna speak your language, Josh, since you're in Vegas, right? <laughs> we're gonna make it so the house always wins. And this is not a, an ethical dilemma at all, because we actually know that if they'll go the direction that we'd want them to go, their results are gonna be better. I, I polled all a, a bunch of providers that want to do this, and they all believe that exercise in a well-run gym is the best quote-unquote long-term care. So we're in alignment here. So keep going. Okay. So that's the first part. So I'll just start out with that understanding of what those are. And then I'm going to create a, you know, a piece of paper or a diagram or a poster or whatever. And the reason I'm saying keeping it so simple is I want, I don't want um, intimidation of this process to come in the way of execution of the process. And so basically it will come down to having two columns on your presentation of your treatment plan. And in one column is going to be pure treatment. And the other column is going to be treatment plus um, gym membership and exercise and, you know, guided exercises. However, you, I don't know how you choose to do that, Josh, if it's like a group thing. Yep. We have some, guidelines as to small group is the most profitable one-on-ones are for people that are really banged up. And uh, so there's a couple different tiers you could offer, but. Okay. So then based on that guidance, we're going to have two or three columns then with, you know, the one-on-one, the group, and then, you know, no gym, just treatment. And what we want to be able to do is demonstrate to them that getting the treatment with the gym is going to be one more cost effective for them because they're going to be looking at a one month, you know, even though they're going to continue to come back, we're not going to be selling them on a lifetime membership to the gym. We're selling them on whatever time frame we need initially to get them started. And then the job will be once we get them in the gym to help them to make progress and then encourage them to continue that progress. So when we're actually um, presenting this to the patient, that's what we're, we're focusing on is selling the month or two months that they need to get that going. And we'll worry about selling the third, fourth, fifth month, you know, an ongoing months once we get them into the gym. But at the time of presentation, we want to be showing the gym time that's necessary to get them to the, the results that we think that they're going for. And uh-huh. compare that to the treatment only option. And there should be a price variation. So, so to put it in a different world, you know, people are thinking, oh, this is too much, but it's just like when you go to, you know, I remember in the old Sears catalog, they would say like good, better, best. And they would literally have the column listed with the features of each one. Or, you know, I see this in some online softwares. Uh, they say good, yeah. better, and best choice. And they just go down the column and it has that, you know, uh, the first six boxes all have a, a green check mark. And then, you know, the last 12, like in the good only, it's all red X's, you know, you don't get that. And then, kind of this idea of there is a level here of service that's going to go up, but none of those are bad. Like we're not saying that this one, that only treatment is a bad option. We're just saying that there are really good options and exemplary options, right? Yeah. So this, just this conversation and you, you may need to role play it with your staff to get comfortable with it, but this conversation is going to be the bulk of how you can build a great membership for your gym very quickly. And so before we even spend a marketing dollar, we and I, I don't know, maybe this is something Josh, you offer is that, that chart that gives them a framework for being able to present that. But that is where I would start because I don't need to spend any money really to do this. It's about the cost of printing a piece of paper and that's it. 
or maybe even a whiteboard and I just draw it out. I just get good at writing good, better, and best. <laughs> and then we'll talk about each of those and the pros and cons of each of those treatment plans. But mm-hmm. just presenting those treatment plans and then helping them to actually see, wow, it's actually more cost effective and better for me to do the gym with the small group. Well, that brings up another question. Let me ask you this, Ryan. You've been around a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners of, I mean, your clients have sold everything from chiropractic to um, golf lessons to uh, supplements, right? So you've seen the world. There's this feeling sometimes, especially with service providers who care so much for people, that selling this is going to be, um, what's the term I'm looking here for? Intimidating or that it's, that people look back and say, you're trying to sell me too much. But you were the first person who really told me like, most of your customers want a complete solution to their problem. They, they don't want just a Band-Aid. If given the choice, they want a complete solution, right? Which, well, and that's, that's because that's why they're coming to you. I've got right. And I when you problem. sell them just a little bit, you're, you're not giving them what they want anyways. No, and what you'll find is that if you have a practice where you haven't been selling a complete solution, and I should reverse that because I don't, this whole discussion is not about selling. This is about diagnosis, diagnosis and prescription. The problem is that a lot of chiropractors have been not giving the best prescription because they felt constrained. And so the reality is we're not talking about selling somebody. We're talking about recommending the best prescription, but we're not. The thing is, is if you just prescribe the gym, then you're also not being true to what you know is possible because you do know that if I do enough of these adjustments, I'll probably be able to help them get out of pain and get to a better spot. But I also know that if they do adjustments and these exercises, they're going to stay out of that spot and they're going to heal quicker and they're going to get in a better position quicker. So by giving a prescription, you know, if you've been to any other type of doctor and they say there are multiple solutions, you know, in terms of prescriptions for the the diagnosis, they won't just push you to one unless that doctor finds it easier for themselves. But if they had any interest in it, they would say, well, here's one, here's why this is good. And here's another, here's why this is good. Which one sounds better for you? Now, that is a technique from sales that's called the double bind, and it gives a person an option to choose either one or two. In fact, it's one I recommended to my son when he was trying to sell candy bars just to make some money. I said, don't say, do you want to buy candy bars? Say, would you like a Twix or a Snickers? <laughs> well, the other, the other thing is, you know, and psychologically that I really saw when, when we had our facility was that your clients are going to, you're selling them a complete solution. So you're selling them a, let's say a transformation, right? And that transformation can either happen when you're not around, which, you know, you treat that person for their knee pain and they're saying, I'm training for a marathon. Well, I think as a service provider, you want to see the marathon picture. You only knew that person with the hurt knee, but what you'd love to see is six months from now, the picture of her crossing the finish line. I mean, it's, it's exciting to know that you helped along that journey. And the great, one of the great things about offering this other level is if they're in your gym, your favorite people, your, your clients you absolutely love are going to be there and you're going to look across and go, oh man, I remember when Ryan came in, he couldn't even, you know, he couldn't turn his head without pain. And there he is, you know, deadlifting 250 pounds and he's smiling, he's high-fiving the person next to him. That feeling is way better than I wonder whatever happened to Ryan, you know? Right. And that's why you owe it to yourself because honestly, if you're in this business of chiropractic care, 
and you're not seeing results for people, it's got to get a little depressing, I would think. Hey, we'll be right back with the rest of our interview with Ryan Chapman right after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit ClinicGymHybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's ClinicGymHybrid.com. So kind of recap, you're saying day one, offer your client a choice of what level of care do they want. Do you want chiropractic just uh, solely or do you want this blended in with the gym or do you want this ultra high service maybe chiro gym massage and some other you know if you offer uh, other products in your you know massage maybe and and some nutritional advice well and let them choose go ahead and look at this too um when i go to a doctor chiropractor dentist you know any kind of you know medical professional I don't know anything about the solutions. I don't know what's best. That I'm not one of those people. So I go expecting that they're going to give me solid recommendations. When I walk into a chiropractic clinic and they're like, yeah, here, we'll just adjust you. You know, is there something more that should be done? You know, if I just come in, they're like, oh, pop, 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 pop. Thanks. We'll see you later. I feel like a, a cattle being moved through a slaughterhouse more than yeah. I feel like a patient. And I think most of our listeners don't don't feel fulfilled delivering that care that they know there should be something else. Well, you know, nature designs it that way because it's also the least profitable way to run a business. I, and again, this is where cash flow will make us um, make bad decisions. When you're cash flow tight you may be thinking, okay, what I have to do is make this production millhouse and move people through. But the truth is, if you can provide a complete solution or complete recommended recommendations for solutions, that's what people are actually looking for. And so it's not about high pressure sales. It's about giving them, here's the, what's going to be best for you. Here's what's going to be um, good for you. And here's what's going to be you know, better for you. And we can give those good, better, best solutions and then let them decide which one is appropriate for their budget and their level of pain and desire to get out of pain. And if we don't give them those options, then they don't feel like we're actually, you know, giving them the solution that they came for in the first place. So I think it's really critical to remember. That's why I'm kind of driving home that point. And you may say, well, what does this have to do with marketing and sales? I thought Ryan was a marketing and sales guy. At the end of the day, marketing sales isn't about tricking anybody. It's not some super secret, fancy um, approach. It's about how do I actually deliver to the person what they came to get and do it in a way that makes sense to them and makes sense for us. And so it kind of blends the lines between marketing and sales and business operations because what we're trying to do is figure out what is it that the customer is actually looking for and how do we deliver it in the, the best possible way that's profitable for us and gets them the result they want in the way that they want it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the best things that can happen too is that person says, oh, I, I don't like this. And they go somewhere else or they think, oh, uh, I'm not going to go to Ryan's place because he's, you know, whatever my feeling was. They go into some other place and they get an experience that is just like a cattle being run through. And they go, oh my God, I don't, I didn't realize how valuable that other offer was. Uh, that, 
and they asked the, the, the doctor there in front of him, well, are you, are you going to offer me exercise? Oh no. Are you, are you going to do rehab? No, no, no. We don't do that here. Are you going to do that nutrition talk? We, no, we don't do that. And they realized like, wow, I really am missing the, the full solution, you know? Well, and better yet will be that they hand them a photocopied seven generations paper that has an exercise on it from 1960. Yeah, that's all crooked from being photocopied from your buddy's photocopier. Yeah, unfortunately, the bar is pretty low um, with your competition, but fortunately, it's also pretty low. So what that means is it's very easy to excel if you'll just do these couple things that we just talked about. Now, that's one approach, right, is if I already have this existing business. Right. Right, care, and I'm going to start folding in um, clients to receive the gym care as well. And again, I want to reinforce that uh, when when I started that business, where we had this re- you know big payment and then this recurring revenue, um, the recurring revenue was the best thing for the customer. Like I could have just sold them just the product and then said, that's it, been done. But the best thing for the customer was actually for me to charge recurring because it allowed me to be able to serve them at the level that they actually needed help. Yeah. So there were some people that bought the product and then canceled the, the recurring subscription. They didn't do nearly as well as those that continued with the recurring subscription and allowed us to continue to educate them and to help them as they ran into problems and challenges along the way. So it, even though, yes, it is going to be way better for you. We kind of started out to talk that way about yep. how owning a gym and having that recurring revenue is way better than just doing chiropractic without it. The reality is it's actually better for the customer too. So your patients are actually going to do much better if they go into the gym and they keep on going into the gym. than if they don't, they start sitting in the easy chair and just eating chips and drinking soda all day. Right. They're, they're I low- think of life experience is going to be dramatically different if you do what's right for them and what's also ends up being very right for you. Absolutely. Everybody wins. And that's how you know it's what should happen. As you said, that's what nature intended, if you will, because those, those perfect systems usually work out better for everyone involved. Yeah. Exactly. Well, can we kind of switch gears to a couple other questions I had for you since sure. it's not every day I get the chance to be this close to genius, you know, but, um, but today I have that opportunity and I want to make sure I ask, you know, a concept, we kind of touched on it a little bit with that sheet you spoke of. And, and I think that's fantastic. Um, one concept you taught me that I always remember is this idea of having a yellow brick road of sales. Mm-hmm. Of something so clear that, that the provider understands it, the front desk staff understands it, the clients understand, everybody understands it. But can you kind of go over what is the yellow brick road and where that story kind of came from? Right. So the old brick road actually came out of that business I mentioned first with the thousand dollar front and, you know, then the recurring revenue. And we had one pathway that everybody kind of kept funneled into that would then lead them to this destination, you know, which we could equate with, you know, from the Wizard of Oz, the Emerald City, Emerald City screen, money screen. Okay, so that's the point of becoming a customer. And the Yellow Brick Road, if you remember from The Wizard of Oz, is such a simple instruction for uh, Dorothy to get to the Emerald City that literally these little munchkins could come out and sing it, right? And they came and sing it. It was so simple that this little girl with the dog who was lost and very traumatized by this whole experience could follow the instructions and ultimately got to Probably dizzy, dizzy from being in a hurricane for a while or tornado for a while too. Yeah, and yet she's able to still get through. She still gets through it. So what what we're looking for is a pathway that 
um, our prospective clients or, or patients that they will come through to become, that leads them to becoming a patient that is so simple and clear. Now, simple and clear does not mean unsophisticated. It can be very sophisticated, but still simple and clear. So simple and clear that everybody in your practice understands exactly what the pathways that the person goes through. They understand the steps that they have to take and why each step is in that process. And so that means that if you ever ran into anybody that would be a potential client for your customer, your patient for your practice, you would know exactly what to do. You wouldn't be shooting from the hip. You wouldn't be doing one thing one day and another thing another day. Every time there was a, a process to follow. So like an example that I might imagine is that I would have a card with a, with a keyword and a phone number on it because I tend to think about texting because everybody's got a phone with texting enabled on it. Almost everybody. I mean, we have kids in like elementary school that have phones. They can do texting. Not that we're, sh- we're shooting for that, but the point is everybody's got them. The old people got them. The young people got them. The in-between people got them. Everybody's got a phone with a mobile phone and the ability to text. So I would have a card with a keyword on it and I'd probably put, um, you know, I could put pain on there. I could put a PPT for appointment or call or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have a phone number and say, you know, it looks like you're in pain. Text this number to this word or, you know, this number to this phone or this keyword to this phone number. And then, um, you know, It'll help you to get an appointment set up to come meet with me. So I have this card. I'm at a dinner party and, you know, this is what I always hated uh, is, you know, uh, somebody goes, hey, uh, hey, Josh, this is Ryan. And, oh, nice to meet you, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's, his hip's been hurting him for like six years now. Oh my God, I told him a hundred times to go see you. Uh, what can you do for him right now? And you're standing there at this party, you're, you know, dressed in your nice shirt and pants. And you're like, this guy doesn't want to be treated right now. His friend is trying to help him out and you feel guilty. Like, what should I do right now? And I always felt like dirty as a business owner go, well, here, here's my card and shove it in his face. But what you're saying is we have the opportunity to maybe text in a number and provide this person some more information, right? It could be information. It could be a process of getting an appointment. I mean, in that specific scenario, if that's a scenario that happens frequently for chiropractors, I don't know. I assume it could be. What I would do is I would ask a few diagnostic questions. I would not prescribe. I would ask a few diagnostic questions to help me to understand if I can help them, right? Because one of the things you don't want to do is get somebody in there that you, you know you can't help. You don't want to waste your time or theirs, right? Right. So I would... I would, you know, courteously ask a few questions that would help me to diagnose if I'm going to be able to help them. And then once I've asked those questions, I go, well, yeah, it sounds like we could actually help you pretty quickly. How long have you been suffering? You know, I would ask a few questions about um, that would shine kind of a light on the pain that they've been in and how long mm-hmm. it's been just so that I can, because one of the things that you'll know will happen in that kind of scenario is the person may not be motivated at that moment they have mild pain or they have intense pain, but they're not quite motivated to take action. So I would ask a few questions that help them focus on the fact that the pain has been around for a while and it's not going away. And then I would ask a couple other questions, maybe about movement, something that would indicate my expertise level, right? So if you, you know, lift your, your knee up, does the pain increase or decrease? Okay. And if you put your foot out to the side, increase or decrease? Oh, fascinating. Yeah, you know, actually, um, that's a condition that we frequently see, and 
we can actually help you out with that relatively quickly. Okay. Uh, so so we have this. Here's, oh, here's, here's what I want you to do is um, you can do it now or you can do it when you get home. But the sooner the better because your condition actually can be rectified fairly quickly. Just text uh, this keyword to this number and that will start on the process of help getting you uh, the help that you need. So, so we have that first step in our yellow brick road, right? We right. make that initial contact with somebody and they, we give them a very, this is why I like the yellow brick road. We give them a very clear next step as well, right? Exactly. Not, so, hey, uh, find my number, uh, call and, and make sure that you mention that Judy sent you and you're going to talk to my office manager, Nancy, and she's going to put you in. Yeah, don't don't ask for the basic appointment. Ask for the extended lunch matic you know, like it's confusing. So I'm going to say text. Um, and when they do, now we already are in their phone. Exactly. And the, so what we're trying to do with this whole process too, is that your business card on the front of it can have your name, it can have your practice name. Um, it can have your office number. That's okay. But on the back is where we have this very clear call to action. And it's not only going to say what to do, but what's going to happen when they do it. You know, so whether, um, you know, in that kind of scenario, we actually can go straight for the kill, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Say, so, hey, why don't you just get an appointment? Um, one of the things you want to do in your, in your um, yellow brick road is you want to, you want to remove all risk because humans are naturally risk adverse. So if something sounds like it's going to be too hard, too difficult, and we're not sure we're actually going to get the result we're looking for, then we don't do it. That's everybody. Oh, absolutely. And so you have to understand that in marketing and sales. And so what you have to know is that there is a conversation going on in a person's head as soon as you suggest that they should come in and see you. And the conversation revolves around Am I going to have time to get to their office in between my lunch break or my time off? You know, um, if I do go in, how much is this going to cost me? Mm-hmm. What can do you take my insurance? Out? Yeah. Do I, am I going to get the stuff that I think or expect or whatever? So, mm-hmm. you know, probably in this scenario versus going straight to, yeah, book the appointment, I may want to alleviate some of those concerns. And so one way that that could be done is to have someone go through a questionnaire or an assessment, right? Where I can ask them a few questions that can help them know, you know, okay, yeah, this actually sounds like it could work for me. So questions and then answers. Those answers could be delivered in a number of different ways. They could be delivered by a human. Um, That would be my first choice. Ask the questions and say, okay, I'll have somebody reach out to you and let you know what we can do for you and talk about your insurance or anything like that. So in my assessment, I'll be asking them all the questions that are the ones that are lingering in their head and keeping them from taking the next step. So let me just review here. So I meet, I meet somebody at a dinner party. They say they have pain or their friend or wife or whoever says they have pain. I say, all right, I'm happy to take care of you. You ask them a few initial questions there, but you know, this is something that we see all the time. I'll make it very easy for you, Ryan, just text that keyword right there, text that to that number and we'll, we'll reach out to you and get you set up. So they text so that I number. Say, Go ahead. Text that, that keyword to that number and I'm going to deliver this assessment to you. Okay. So they, yeah. they do it. They get a couple questions on their phone. Does it hurt when you lay down in bed? Is it worse at night or in the morning? Yeah, uh, you, you can choose to go into that direction. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, you know, I would reserve those questions for when they actually come in. Let's okay. address the other questions that they have. Okay. Um, how much is this going to cost me? 
Do you take my insurance? Those kind of things. How so, long does the first uh, appointment last? How long does the first appointment last? Where are you located? So all these things, and that's why I'm, I'm bringing these up is because you need to be thinking about what really keeps somebody from coming in. Well, this is a really good lesson for me because I'm immediately I fall back into technician, uh, professional. I have the license. I must only operate in the license. And you're helping me kind of step back and go, remember, you're dealing with a human being before you're dealing with a patient. And what right. does a human being worry about? The human being's got all sorts of things that get in their way too. I mean, I'll give you a case in point. My wife, right? She's woke up this morning. She goes, man, my shoulder's just been bothering me. You know, I said, why don't you... And then she said, oh, my lower back too. And I've got these headaches. I go, why don't you go on the chiropractor? Well, because if I go in, it seems like I just hurt more after. Okay. So <laughs> take a step back. You guys are all doctors. So they're listening. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know that if that's true or not? Typically that's not true, but you okay, know. But this is the perceived concerns. Right. Why is she not going into the chiropractor? Her husband, who's going to pay the bills, encouraged her. Right. Yeah, she says, no, I'd rather stay in pain than go because I feel like it's going to be worse when I come out. So, you know, there right. are so here's of, a great question to put on that initial, initial survey, right? Sure. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to think through what are all the th- concerns that you can imagine that somebody might have and how can we start to alleviate those before they come in? So I call this preemptive um, marketing or sales because what we're trying to mm-hmm. do is we're trying to preemptively deal with any concerns that we think may be keeping them from taking that next step. So if we can get them to text in, right? Well, that's kind of easy because there's no real commitment at that point. You know, okay. text in, I'll send you a quick assessment. It'll help you to know if you know I'll be able to help you or not. It'll also address some questions that you may have about this, that, and the other, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now what we do is we can put them through a quick assessment. Um, we can then identify where we're located, you know, a number mm-hmm. of different things. But what we've captured is their phone number in the meantime. And because right. they started on a yellow brick road, now we're in a position where if we have staff that have stuff that they're not doing, you know, if they're sitting there doing nothing for part of the day, we can have them call people that didn't finish the yellow brick road and actually book an appointment. So as soon as they get off Facebook, they can, they right. can then, uh, yeah, no, so I'm just kidding. That. But yeah, so the next step is they, they call this person and say, hey, I'm, I'm uh, over here at Dr. Satterley's office. And is this Ryan? I, I, it looks like you had some back pain you're dealing with. Yeah, notice that you st- you you uh, started to get the assessment, but you didn't finish, or you finished the assessment. Just want to review these questions with you real quick. Make sure that we got uh, got everything clearly. Did you have any questions that came up before we get you booked for an appointment? So th- this whole process that I'm kind of walking you through that that's your yellow brick road, and I'm kind of designing this on the fly, so that's why there's sure. Well, I didn't start with that, but then I, he added that in. I'm just kind of designing this on the flies and thinking through this scenario with you guys. But then I want you to, to be able to recognize the process that we're going through as well. There's a process that is going on that can be replicated through any type of business situation. But in this and, situation, that's what I'm trying to do is what's going to stop them from taking that next step of action? How do I um, do something that will help them to be able to overcome that concern and very at the very very beginning, how do I capture contact information that will allow me to then follow up, help them move to the next step if they should stall out for any reason? Now, one reminder I always try and throw out here is every provider already has a road to their office, and 
they've, or they've had 30 different versions of the road to their office, right? And they're oftentimes confusing. They're not outlined in yellow. You don't have Munchkin's guy in the, the way. So what you're saying is just take the best functioning way of doing it and make that happen. Help your patient find that every time. Right. right, And you, once you get familiar with what this whole pathway is, you should be able to draw it out on a napkin. It shouldn't have more than like three or four steps in it. And when you have those three or four steps, you should be able to train everybody in the office. This is how each of these steps work. If somebody, you meet somebody, because you should want everybody on your staff to be recommending you, right? If It'd be nice. At the party, they should say, oh man, you need to go see Dr. Satterley. Here's how you get started. And you give them business cards on the back of the business card that says, you know, text pain to this number and we're going to help you get out of pain. You're going to get an assessment as soon as you text that back to you. Just go through it real quickly and then we'll be able to help you to know if we can help you. So in this, the scenario we've laid out, it's uh, text the number, uh, online assessment or on phone, we could say assessment, uh-huh. call from our, our office, from some staff member. And the next step would be, uh, book appointment and show up, right? Right, book appointment, and we kind of say show up casually. We all know that just because someone books an appointment, they're not going to show up. Well, I'm trying to keep it on the back of a cocktail napkin, not a paper towel. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> that's, I think the reason that's a good point for us to bring up is that, yeah, we want to keep those steps in terms of what they are fundamentally. Mm-hmm. But we just need to be aware that there, there, is some, there are some details in each of those steps. So we're always concerned about how they move from each step in that yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. So, now that brings up another great question or a great idea that Ryan illustrated to me, which is the importance of reporting at each of those steps. So if you're, for example, if you're booking a lot of appointments, but one out of every four new patient appointments doesn't show, you should look at that and say there, there's the fault or the crack in my yellow brick road. If you're getting a hundred people to text in, but only 10 of them are completing that online assessment. Maybe there's your issue. The beautiful part about those two, and you're exactly right, Josh, you have to know the numbers for each step in this, this path. Wherever there's a drop-off, wherever there's a problem is not actually a problem. That's an opportunity hiding in your business. And so, um, what, what everybody doesn't realize that's on this call is you all have a yellow brick road or broads, right? Some people foolish, foolishly have created 20 of them leading right. into the business. And those yellow bricks get very expensive at that, at that number of roads. Right. But what's, what's going on is if you're not aware that that's the road, then you can't measure it, you can't prove it. And so you have to be aware of what is the – and if you do have 20 today and you know that you know, some of them are working – Find out which one's working the best, and then let's focus in on that. Now, what, what's interesting about this is you'll notice we can attach any um, need to the, the first step of that, that yellow brick road. So the yellow brick road isn't condition-specific. The yellow right. brick road will actually handle all conditions. It's built to bring anyone in of any condition. So can we go out and market or talk to different groups or put our message out there that is to a specific pain, like maybe ankle pain from twisting your ankle or, you know, uh, shoulder pain for golfers or what we absolutely can. But once we've, we've put the bait out there, so to speak, and they've nibbled on it, then they're going to come into the yellow brick road all the way into final destination of becoming. Right. And in that way, when people always ask, Oh, what should I do for marketing of my gym? What should I do for marketing of my clinic? And they ask all these 
kind of conf- the questions aren't wrong questions. They're just coming from the wrong place. I think as soon as you have clarity as to what is your yellow brick road and who is the Dorothy that you're serving, right? If you're trying to attract young um, girls who wear skirts and ruby red slippers, then that's a different method than if you want to attract 73-year-old male golfers. And either one is okay, but when you're clear on that, then you can say, oh, you know what would start this yellow brick road? Uh, Dorothy over there is on um, Instagram a lot, so she you should run Instagram ads. Or, uh, you know, the 73-year-old golfer, probably not on Instagram so much. So that might be a waste of marketing dollars. But the right. clarity is the best way to save money along the way, right? Absolutely. And not waste it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ryan, uh, I hate doing this. I could talk to you for hours and days and I feel like everything, pure mirth. I mean, everything that comes out of your mouth is just, it's, it's the gold that lines the yellow brick road. I mean, it's unbelievable. So number one, thank you very much for being on uh, Clinic Gym Radio here. Uh, secondly, how can people get a hold of you or where they, can they find you if they want to build their yellow brick road or they want some, uh, some of the tools that you do offer? You know, the, the best way is actually to text DEMO, D-E-M-O, to 760-621-8199. That'll give you a little demonstration of what um, our texting software does. And then once you've connected with us that way, you can express uh, what you're looking for because at the end of um, that text that you'll get back from us will be an opportunity for you to ask any question or to let us know if you're interested in getting more. And at that point, a member of my team can connect with you and talk with you about what your situation is and then help you find the right solution. Wow. It sounds like you have a pretty well-defined yellow brick road right there. That's awesome. So can you repeat that? Right. Yeah, that's right. Can you uh, repeat that, that since everybody's listening, just audio and they're probably driving or something, can you repeat that uh, keyword in the phone number? Sure. And you can probably put this in the show notes as well. We'll do. Demo, D-E-M-O to 760-621-8199. Again, that's 760-819 or 621- (laughs) I'll be sure to put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ryan Chapman, uh, his company we never mentioned is, is called fix your funnel and it's really tools for people out of the necessity of offering solutions. Just like we talked about good, better, best. Certainly he's in the best category, Ryan, I want to say thank you very much for giving us the time today. And I'm sure this is going to be so valuable for our, our clients and everybody listening. So thank you so much, Ryan. My pleasure. All right, this is Dr. Josh signing off. Go, uh, go create the life you want. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.